Hello and welcome back to another episode of Zap. My name's Jono. And I'm Beck. And Zap the Podcast was formed on the basis that there is a lot of good quality journalism out there. And so this is the other stuff. We aim to make the good trash treasure. We find weird, wacky and wonderful news stories from all over the world. We talk about it, we laugh about it and we make segments that are somewhat loosely related to it. Uh, And Beck, it's another week. Uh, and with this week comes another chapter of our soon-to-be best-selling, uh, I'm assuming, uh, yes. KFC-themed crime drama novel, uh, which is called An Undisclosed Amount of Fries. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am as well. And uh, I think uh, as we get closer to completion, um, there's, it's just going to grow and evolve mm. and it's going to blossom into a, the beautiful flower that it is. Uh Right now, like it's just it's a little it's a little a uh, 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 pod. I a don't know, seed. What blossom? Yeah, a seed. <laughs> or a bud. Is it like a, a bud? That's a the bud. one I was yeah. trying to think of. Uh, and that's going to bloom into a beautiful uh, KFC flower, uh, which I can only imagine tastes delicious. Yeah, and smells like uh, fried chicken. I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if they made a, if science okay science if get on this because <laughs> uh, science I know you're listening. <laughs> If you can make a flower that <laughs> that tastes, that smells like, oh, it tastes as well, but yeah. smells, sorry, is I guess the, the first, well, I'd say that's a stepping stone to get to taste. Yeah, yeah. But if you can make it smell like KFC chicken, uh, I will be a happy man. Mm. Uh, so science, so that is your homework chop, chop. for this week. Uh, and uh, we'll check back with you next week, yeah. science, to make sure you, you're on top of things. I uh, don't want to don't want to give you a failing grade uh, on this no. one, science. Um, but before we get uh, into after that hard word to science, um, yeah, after let's... that, well, you, sometimes you got to give science a stern word. You, you know? do. Sometimes um, we don't know what they're doing. It's just you know we've got to set them no. straight. And yeah, the communication between us uh, and science has been really lacking recently. It's I think true. that's something I we need heard to work from them on in a while. Yeah, um, and I feel like that's maybe an internal thing uh, that we've got to sort out uh, with science <laughs> yeah, um, off the podcast. But nonetheless, um, we have a story today. I've, we do. I've found something uh, on the internet, um, and it's about survival uh, at its sort of core. And this is a topic that I love. Because um, we're talking a bit uh, before the episode about how I watch just a, a really bad <laughs> amount of YouTube and how uh, say you watch a, a bad amount. Well, I don't know if bad is the word, but a, a surprising a to amount. some yeah. Yeah, <laughs> amount of TikTok. And um, I love watching like survival videos on YouTube oh. and like TV survival series. I think survival is just one of those cool things. I reckon surviving was, is pretty cool. <laughs> it is. It's, it, it is. It is pretty cool. And I, I think it's like it's like that skill. You're like, oh, this is definitely going to come in handy one day. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't think it ever will for the vast majority like of people. Like tying knots, like those sort of yeah. things, or like yeah. how oh, to start like a tying, fire in the woods. Or yeah, tying knots is pretty useful. But like, yeah, having to start a fire in the woods because you've gotten lost and uh, you have no way of <laughs> yeah, contacting the, the anyone. ones that are the funniest are always like how to start a fire when the the only things you have are an antenna, oh, yeah. whiteout, <laughs> um, you know, hand sanitizer, like the like most random combination of objects. It's like, yeah. when am I, like, when is that going to happen? But yeah, now I, I know, know what that, to that's do. Very specific. Yeah. But I like, I think in. In a, a previous life, I was like one of those doomsday preppers. That's what I feel like. Who I've just got like I had a bunker in my backyard, um, fully stocked cans of beans, for when yeah, yeah cans. Oh, <laughs> beans are an absolute staple food. 
Um, but yeah, I've seen a frightening video, a, amount of videos about surviving mm. uh, and about like coastal foraging as well. Is I don't know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to be one of those people who can like walk around somewhere and be like, oh, that plant uh, will make you die if you eat it. But that plant, <laughs> that's delicious. Um, that is actually just, very good to know. I mean, well, not often I'm eating plants outside. But yeah. But maybe I <laughs> just want to go for a bushwalk and have a snack True. along the way and don't want to die. So That's fair. That's I can not too see much that coming coming yeah. in handy a little bit, um, because like for survival, right? I feel like this is my like three step guide okay. on how to survive. Um, <laughs> there isn't a lot to it. Uh, step one, uh, this is important, and you'll okay. see this a lot on uh, the shows and uh, that sort of stuff. But uh, drink your pee. That's step really? one. Really? That's step one. Yeah, step one. Step um, one. If Before anything moment, else. <laughs> the moment you feel like you might be lost, drink your pee. That is, that's as, as soon as you even get the, the slight feeling in your gut that, that you're, you're even remotely lost, drink what your pee. Of, actually, I'm not even going to go into that. <laughs> oh, a lot of bear grills, you know. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, step two, make a fire. Uh, that's, I, they always do that. Uh, and then okay. step three, don't die. So pretty foolproof pretty plan. Uh, in that order? I, is that the... Yeah, that is that's strictly the order. Die. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the people in today's story, they must have followed this pretty strictly uh, to, to get through this scrape. Uh, so the story today, it comes from the Solomon Islands. We really uh, which are, sort are of, going all around the world. We I are. I don't think These we've ones... had a Texas story in weeks. <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> or Thank Florida. Goodness. Florida. We haven't had a Florida story. <laughs> Florida. Although there, there was a good one. We might have to cover it pretty soon. Okay. Um, but... Well, uh, we've hit back, our quota of um, we've hit our quota. <laughs> of other places. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're in the Solomon Islands. They're just sort of north of Australia, near Papua New Guinea. Cool. Uh, and there were two men there who set off on a 200-kilometer journey wow. across the ocean uh, to get to uh, some of the other Solomon Islands because they're a group of islands. Right. Um, now, it should have been a pretty straightforward adventure because uh, these two, they're experienced seafarers. Uh, they've, they've completed this trip before. However... The rough and unpredictable Solomon Seas knocked the pair off course mm. and the weather made it, uh, it difficult for them to sort of know where they were going. They couldn't see the coastlines that were sort of guiding them. And on top of that, at the, it's the, at the same time, their GPS broke. Oh, so it was like a worst case scenario kind of thing for them. Like there was mm. nowhere to know, like they had no way of knowing where they were going um, or sort of working out where they were even. So they just decided to turn off the engine to save fuel oh. in case they, once the weather cleared, they'd be able to just like see something, go to it. Mm. Um, however, when the weather did clear, there was no coastline in sight and no indication oh, of gosh. where they were. <laughs> That's terrifying. So, yeah. So I'm assuming this is where step one uh, of the survival <laughs> plan came in. Uh, it doesn't strictly say in the article, but... You'd have to this assume. This is where it would come in, yes. This is where it they're would lost, come in. They're lost, you know, time to yep. commence the They steps. know they're lost, <laughs> yep. So this is step one. Yeah. Um, but they pri- they primarily survived off oranges that they'd packed for the journey. Oh, nice. Coconuts that they'd found floating in the water um, and rainwater that they'd trapped using a piece of canvas. And they were stuck at sea for 29 days. <gasps> lost at sea, 29 oh, days. Oh, my gosh. How is that even Bef- possible? I mean, maybe they had a lot of oranges. 
come in. <laughs> I'm imagining like orange segments that like parents bring to <laughs> soccer games. That's like a, a big container like, of those. <laughs> but like, um, well, I packed the oranges. <laughs> 29 days lost at That's sea. That's ridiculous. And, uh, yeah. And after those 29 days, I was spotted by a fisherman uh, off the coast of Papua New Guinea. Uh, which was over 400 kilometers northwest of where they started oh and nearly gosh. 600 kilometers away from their intended destination. Oh. Now, <clears throat> this this is a pretty incredible news story about survival in yeah. of itself, Beck. But the reason I'm talking about it on the show is due a lot to the media coverage it got because, I mean, this is some pretty juicy news mm. for, for any media outlet because there's two guys, they've survived against the odds. How'd they do it? What's their story? You know, it's, yeah. it's all like that. But one of the, o- over several interviews, they were quoted saying it was a nice break from everything going on. <laughs> um, like, you know, the pandemic. They wanted going to on. be lost at sea. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Did they really get into an accident? Because, like, it is just. A, a bit of time away from it yeah. all, right? Of course, like, it would be nicer if they hadn't been battling the elements yes, to stay alive. <laughs> but if you think about it, like, you, like your boss probably wouldn't fire you if, if you were away for a month because you're involved <laughs> in a catastrophe, right? If you, if you just took a month off uh, for no reason... Um, you might get fired. But mm. if you're involved in a catastrophe, that's not your fault. Yeah. Then I, I feel like that's fairly forgivable. But I, I think there's something about the... The, the sentiment of it was a nice break from everything, <laughs> even considering the circumstances they were yeah. in. I, I think that really hits close to mm. home. So, Jono, we're talking hitting close to home. And one thing that always seems to hit close to home is when you realize something that you've always thought to be true isn't true like it just yeah you've gone through life thinking something was one way and then one day someone tells you hang on it's actually this and it just blows your mind really messes you up for a little bit because you're like yeah. how have I gone so long and we actually talk about this quite a lot I think it's like we've spoken yeah. about stuff that you thought was true in childhood and then like later found out it was yeah. not true anymore and like how I read a whole book thinking the horse's name was Persephone, uh, Persephone, <laughs> Persephone. when exactly. it was actually Persephone. <laughs> exactly. And it just really, uh, you know, knocks you around a bit. And this happened to me just a few days ago. My sister and I were sitting on the couch and she just turns to me. And okay, this, I don't know if you're going to know this, Jono, but this absolutely blew my mind. And I can only describe it as um, like the same feeling I feel like someone would have had if they've gone their whole life thinking that dragons are real creatures and then oh, like genuinely, okay. genuine, genuinely believing this, you know, mythical creature is a real thing. And then one day finding out it's just a myth. It, it yeah. would just shape it. it yeah. It would shatter your world. <laughs> it it would shatter like, your world. <laughs> my whole career is ruined. I was going to become a knight and slay the dragon. What's this dragon um, egg I have in my backyard then? I'm just Yeah, I've, I've been scammed on, <laughs> yeah. on Gumtree. Uh, How am I really, ever going to get into Hogwarts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's how I was describing the feeling I was feeling. And so my sister and I are sitting on the couch and she turns to me and she goes, hey, you know the Trojan horse? And I was like, yeah. And she says, that's a myth. Is it? It is. It's a myth. No way. <laughs> it is a myth. Here I am. And well, here you are. 
thinking this whole time that's a genuine piece of history, the Trojan horse, and it's a myth. What? It's not. It's not. I'm real. literally searching it on my phone because <laughs> I'm in disbelief. It's. It. That's what I said. I, I was like to Megan. I'm like, no, it's not. It's. It's real. Like the Trojan horse is is history. That's real. And she said, I thought that too, but it's a myth. And I was like, you're you're wrong. <laughs> and she said, I didn't come up with this. I found this out. And so I just like you were doing now, googled it, and yep. Yeah, so apparently the Trojan horse, obviously well known, um, how. And if you did not know the what I thought was true story, I know the disbelief. Disbelief. It's it's shocking, isn't it? It's yeah. So the story goes: Greek soldiers um were able to take over the city of Troy by hiding in a giant horse that they were giving as a gift, or apparently it was like left as an offering or something, and they gave it as a gift to the people in Troy, and then they all came out of the massive horse and took over and won the war. Apparently, the the Battle of Troy, I think that's what it's called, maybe. That yeah. Could be, that's real. Or the Trojan War. Yeah, the, sorry, the Trojan War. The Trojan War is real, but the Trojan horse is a myth. Why would they do that to us? I don't know. And I honestly, in my brief research, haven't actually been able to found it, find out where it where it came from. I think well, it's it was, pretty old if it's if it's uh, been around for a while. Yeah, like, you'd imagine it. it because it seems like a mythological kind of thing. If it's if it is not real, if it is a myth, then I just like I, I went through all the stages just then. I went through disbelief, <laughs> and then just like horror of yeah. of seeing online that it is a myth, and then just like solemn acceptance <laughs> is, is is now yes. what I'm feeling. And it's I like, okay, I'm, this is life now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just in shock. I know. I can't believe that. Like, how many people actually think? That's real because I, think I don't a lot. think I, I like. Yeah, I don't think I've met anyone. I, no one else has said to me, "Oh, the Trojan horse was yeah. never an actual thing." Right? And, like it's it's like a it's like a almost. I won't. I don't know if pop culture is the right word, but like to say it's like a phrase. Like it if is. something it's a, is like seems a, good, a but then is a, yeah is a, bad. Yeah. Then you'd be like, ah, that's a Trojan horse. Yeah. That's crazy. Because no, every when you think about it, every time you've heard of the Trojan horse previously, it's always been someone talking about it as like, oh, you know, that thing that happened that now yeah. means this. It's like, yes, okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like never once was it mentioned. <laughs> did no one think it was important to mention that it actually never happened? No. Why did they th- like yeah, How no many one. people have lied to me? <laughs> But no, that's this the thing. Is like- maybe they didn't know either. So like it's just this huge chain of people believing and it's yeah. It's well just- then wait, when did we when did I don't I'm, I'm actually going to need to do some like to get closure on this. I'm going to have to spend like an hour tonight just like trying to work out oh. when it was found out that it wasn't real and then on top of that, who and which TV shows knowingly lied to me yeah. about this? <laughs> because that's crazy. I mean, it's it's referenced in so many things. I know. In, I, I can't believe that. Yeah. Like Monty Python has has a has a thing on it in the Holy Grail. Yeah. Oh, it's just. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to finish this segment. I'm just in shock. <laughs> well, I'm just glad it hit home for you as well. Yeah. Because, yeah. Now we just I'm need gonna, a moment to, yeah, to recoup. Need a, and we'll be back. Cry <laughs> until the next segment.
Zap the Podcast merch is finally here, and you can check it out by heading to zapthepodcast.store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, and more, all with original designs, beautifully printed on quality fabric. So head on over to zapthepodcast.store and get yours today. Now that Jono and I have kind of uh, got over the Trojan horse. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if I can that quickly. Like, I'm going to be honest, I'm still in shock. <laughs> well, we're going to try and move on. Um, we're going to play bear with on. us. Yep. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to talk about that I feel like hits close to home for a lot of people every now and then is when you have the sudden realization, you know, that you're not as young as you once were. And I feel like... (laughs) Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. It's like it happens a lot through life, I'm I'm guessing, because, you know, when you're... I remember turning 10 and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm now double digits. You know, I'm... I'm never going to be single digits again. It really hit close yeah. to home. Got to start looking into super. Um, and <laughs> got to find get a my job, tax form yeah, number. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> All that fun stuff. But I feel like yeah, at different points in life, you're just reminded of, oh, I'm not as young as I think I am. But also in hindsight that you're you're always younger than you think you are. And it just reminded me of this time when I was in New York. And <laughs> it was actually not that long ago. Um, I believe it was 2019. And so we're, we're both in our young 20s. So I, I was not old when I went to New York no. in 2019. <laughs> but um, as soon as I landed in New York, I started to have this like <laughs> this chest pain. And it was like, oh, don't no. worry, it's, it's nothing, to wor- nothing to worry about. It was just like a little bit of um, heartburn. And I think that's exactly what it was. And I was like, it felt like it was like painful to swallow. And so I'm in a foreign country and my parents aren't there. So I'm like freaking out. I'm like trying to Google, like, what does this mean? Like, it felt like. That's a bad idea. It it was a really bad idea. But you know, the feeling when you eat too many hot chips or like you eat too much bread and it like gets stuck in your chest and you're like, oh, I can't. Yeah, that was the exact feeling I had. But it just like wasn't quite going away. And so, anyways, my mom was like, I finally got onto my mom and she was like, it's probably just like minor heartburn. I was like, why does that sound like I'm like 50, but all right. (laughs) So, so I'm like, well, what can I do? Like, I, you don't want to, I didn't want to go to like a doctor or something in a foreign country for just this like minor heartburn. So what I ended up having to do was at the pharmacy in, in New York, there was this product my mom was just basically like just try and find some like heartburn relief medication i was like oh my oh, gosh yeah. i'm getting older and older by the second <laughs> I, yeah, I feel myself slowly aging yeah. <laughs> i was like actually embarrassed to be hearing this and like having to live it out like oh my gosh i have i'm in new york literally the time of my life and i'm having to go to the chemist to get heartburn medication <laughs> just just great anyways so go to the chemist, go to the aisle. And for some reason, there was a very wide selection of things I could choose from. (laughs) And I ended up having to go, not having to go with, I just went with this because it looked the most fun. But it was this product called um, Tums. 
I'm not sure. Tums. I Have feel you heard like of I've heard of it. I don't know if it's much of a thing. It might be a thing in Australia. I mean, I've heard of it much in Australia, but I think I've heard of it from like overseas. Yeah, yeah. And so it's basically, I think, like <laughs> relieves the the tension or whatever in your chest. And so the entire first week I was in New York, I had to have these like little chewy Tums <laughs> a couple times a day. And I had to like be like, oh, remember to take your Tums. And it just, it, it really grounded me. Um, you know, being in a foreign country, you know, wanting to have so much fun. And there I am having to take heartburn medication oh, <laughs> a couple no. times a day. And I just made me thinking, like, what are some of the other things that really, like, kind of ground you and hit close to home? And you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm not. <laughs> this is not what I expected. Or, like, I'm not as young as I yeah. thought I was. The other one, like, and this happened to me tonight. I teach dance. And I did this, like, move that should have just been fine. <laughs> and I was like, ow. <laughs> like, actually really hurt my back and I was like oh my gosh I should and I said it out loud and my students are like in their teens I was like that's so embarrassing I sound like 40 talking to them yeah. go over your walking yeah. frame and-, yeah. and the other thing is at the moment especially we have to dance with masks on and it's like oh, yeah. quite hard to like dance and talk in behind the mask like it's fine but I was like super out of breath so not only am I like complaining about my back hurting as <laughs> oh, no. it's like super unfit because I'm like oh, that, did, that did me back that did like just not fun the other thing I could think of was that um people born in 2010 they're now 11 I know that sounds like that's scary that is weird right I, even thinking about people born in 2007 I was like well they're like yeah, 14, like, 13, what, like back when I did management at the cinema, like seeing like the year we started seeing people like hiring people mm. who were born in like 2005. I was like, oh, my, oh my goodness, How that's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> I, so I, I cannot believe this. I feel so old and like all the time at work because for the most part, the cinema would hire like 15, 16 year olds. It's mm. like their first job kind of thing. And so everyone at work would be talking about the latest and greatest on TikTok while I would just be <laughs> over here still sticking to my, my YouTubes, <laughs> um, feeling like I was I was ancient. Like, have you kids and, heard of the YouTube? <laughs> yeah, have you, have you kids heard about a great website called YouTubes? Go I go on there and I, yeah, I watch I watch people play Minecraft. Uh, there's a lot of that on there. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, there's just this this air of, oh my goodness, I am like, I'm not hip and cool anymore. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that does make me feel like a bit okay is knowing that we're still in Gen Z. Because people oh, at the moment yeah, talk about Gen Z. They're like, oh, they're the young generation. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah. we're still in Gen Z. So that's oh, fine. We're young. That's fine. We're the youngsters. We're young. Don't worry. Look at us. <laughs> but then I not sometimes, a care in the world. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes worry like me really holding on to that fact that I'm in Gen Z probably makes it <laughs> that is, not is as concerning. cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, don't worry, guys. I'm Gen Z. I'm Gen Z. It's like, well, you shouldn't really have to be justifying, <laughs> justifying that. But alas. Oh, no. Alas. Um, so uh, we're announcing our retirement <laughs> next year um, so stick around uh, for that, the last year of Zap uh, before we retire <laughs> over the past few weeks we have been in the creative mindset uh crafting and sculpting a <laughs> what is going to be a beautiful uh 
a, a beautiful, I was going to say butterfly, but that doesn't work with the sculpting metaphor. Yeah, no. I don't know. Maybe it'll be work a butterfly of art. still. It's going to be work of art. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, and that is our KFC inspired crime drama novel uh, starring Colonel Sanders, of course. Yes. And yeah, so it all started a couple of weeks ago. We. With uh, the offhanded phrase, an undisclosed amount of fries. <laughs> I keep uh, forgetting how article. it started. I'm like, how did we get here again? Oh, how, did yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> how did we get here? Um, but it's it's progressed a lot. We came up with an overarching plot for it um, that we could start writing from. And last week, Beck brought us the very first chapter of an undisclosed amount of fries. And this week, I've had the pleasure of... Writing chapter two. Um, and so that's what we're going to be bringing to you now. Uh, Beck has not heard or read I this before. <laughs> um, so she's uh, just as much out of the loop as you guys are on what's going to be coming out of my mouth over the next <laughs> few minutes. Um, but it's going to be a wild ride. And I really like where this is taking us. And I think there's a lot of fun to be mm. in store uh, for you to ride on next week, Beck. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm so ready. <laughs> Let's jump Let's in. <laughs> Chapter 2 It was well past midnight and Detective Harlan Sanders was pacing around his office. The tick-tick-ticking of the clock on the wall only added to the chaos inside of his mind. Tick, 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 ten in ten weeks. Tick, 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 severed fingers. Tick, 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 moist towelette. Tick, tick, tick. Detective Harlan Sanders stopped pacing and plunged his his fist straight through the face of the clock, bringing silence to his office and another clock to the ground. This would be the sixth clock that he's broken so far on the case. Unless he could make a breakthrough, it wouldn't be the last. And then I've got like a little, a a couple of dashes there to make a break. Persephone had been working as the station's (laughs) secretary for the past eight months. She loved the hustle and bustle of keeping the place organised amidst the madness, but the last ten weeks have been far more time-consuming than than usual, both in the literal sense, but also due to the growing number of smashed clocks she'd have to replace. And she had to replace them. Persephone was hard-working and very organised, compulsively so. She spent every second of every minute in the workday on something or other. She was known to have a laser focus on whatever job she was doing. However... She didn't always have such good focus on the jobs that needed doing, and more often than not, on the more frivolous tasks. This week, for example, instead of assisting the station with paperwork and organising evidence, she spent two days creating an impossibly intricate Excel document to try and predict how many more clocks they'd need to order for every continuing week this case grows. Morning, Detective Harlan Sanders, Persephone chirped. Morning, he drearily, drearily, oh my goodness, he drearily replied. That's a tongue twister. Uh, Detective Harlan Sanders looked rough. His greasy white shirt and uncombed hair suggested he was still in yesterday's uniform. And on top of that, he looked like he hadn't gotten a wink of sleep, which was likely the result of him not getting a wink wink of sleep. (laughs) He closed the door behind him and started making his way toward the office before Persephone piped up again. Just so you know, I've replaced your clock again. Can you try to avoid smashing it till next order comes in in a week? Look, I'll do my best, but no promises, he replied. And with that, Detective Harlan Sanders moped over to his office, only to find it wide open. He knew he'd locked it last night and that there were sensitive documents inside. He grasped the pistol in his holster and inched over toward the door, staying ever silent, listening out for whoever or whatever had made his way into his office. As he approached the open door, it was clear someone had been here. Files and folders were open on his desk, confidential papers strewn across the table. Whoever had been here was looking for something. Detective Harlan Sanders drew his weapon and stepped into his office, scanning left to right. 
The room was clear. But as he holstered his weapon, something suddenly grabbed him from behind. Harlan drew his gun and spun around, only to see a familiar white fedora. Morning, Harlan. Jeez, you look like you haven't slept a wink, Bucky chuckled. (laughs) Far out, Bucky. You scared me half to death. Harlan caught his breath. But no, I haven't slept a wink, he said, having not slept a wink. Is it really that obvious? Harland, I could pack most of my belongings into the bags under your eyes, Bucky answered. Anyways, sorry for the mess in here. I came in early to get up to speed on this case of ours. I don't suppose you're in the mood to go back out to the crime scene of murder number 10. I need to see one of these crime scenes for myself. Harland begrudgingly agreed, and after a pit stop for coffee and some chicken, they arrived at Danielle's, a deli famous for quality meats and the spiciest salami in the South. The detectives got to work. Bucky began dusting for fingerprints, checking for footprints, and taking samples of the telltale oil. Meanwhile, Detective Harlan Sanders began going door to door, asking neighbours if they'd seen or heard anything on the night of the murder. At this stage of the case, with no clear-cut suspects, everyone even remotely involved in this case had to be considered a potential suspect. Harlan stopped by the neighbouring restaurant Giovanni's to ask the owner, who'd, as you expect, was called Giovanni, (laughs) some questions. Well, well, well. What do I owe the pleasure, Detective Sanders? I'm doing voices now. I decided. love it. I love it. <laughs> Giovanni mocked. Look, Giovanni, I'm just here to ask some questions, replied Detective Harlan Sanders. Like what? Where were you on the night of the murder? What was your relationship with Danielle like? Do you know of anyone who would have motive to kill her? I already answered your questions earlier the week. I told you I had no gripes with Danielle. I don't know who would. And I was upstairs in my office doing taxes on the night of the murder. Harlan could see the interview was going nowhere, and so he decided to move on. But after an hour of equally unhelpful interviews, he decided to come back and see what Bucky was up to. And as he pushed open the deli's door, Bucky shouted, Harland, there you are. You're going to want to see this. End of chapter two. Very nice. Another chapter down uh, with an ominous ending, a bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah, that was Um, interesting. I really like the character development in this chapter. I like, yep. as, you, as you could tell, I loved the addition of Persephone. I yep. thought that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she had to come yeah. in sooner or later. <laughs> I also love um, the, I haven't slept, what was it? I haven't slept a week. I haven't slept a week, yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I, I, I was very tired when I started writing this. <laughs> and I thought about. it was hilarious <laughs> to like keep mentioning that he hadn't slept at all. It. I loved and it. So- <laughs> It was great. Yeah, um, I'm a bit. Yeah, as I was, I was telling Beck earlier that I I become a bit of a rogue unit when I don't sleep a lot, um, and but I think it comes across in uh, some interesting writing. So yes. we'll, we'll have to we'll see what the uh, what following weeks uh, give us. Uh, but I'm very excited to see what comes up. Uh, and um, keep an eye on our various social medias because we might be asking for a little bit of input um, for for ideas for later in uh, in the book um, because there's a lot still to come. Uh, and if you've heard uh, what the plot is uh, or and the first chapter, then there's there's still a lot to play with. So there is. <laughs> uh, make sure you check us out. Um, our socials are at Zap the Podcast. We're on Instagram. We're on. We have a Facebook page. We're on TikTok. We're on Twitter. Um, so check us out at any or all of those places, uh, and yeah, you know, give us a, give it a, give it a squeeze, 
Um, see if you like it. Uh, and <laughs> on top of that, we also uh, have merch available. So head over to zapthepodcast.store to see if any of that takes your fancy. Yeah, I heard um, today there's only, I think, 10 Fridays until Christmas, something crazy like that. 10 so, Fridays? Yeah. So if you're looking for something to get people in your life for Christmas. That's a great idea. I would check out the Zap merch store because there's some pretty great stuff on there for any occasion. <laughs> Any, any season, ev- any and anyone. every occasion. Yeah, <laughs> it's all there. If you're looking for some for the hottest wear of the summer, zap the store. <laughs> if you're looking to stock up before next winter, zap the store. If uh, if you want a sticker, zap the store. <laughs> we've got all it's of the bases covered there. here. It's a one-stop shop. <laughs> um, that does uh, bring a close to another episode. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next week for another episode of Zach. Bye. Bye.